Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. Your word can touch any problem. Your word can bring healing. Your word is the carrier of your power. And I pray this morning your word will be spoken with grace, with precision, with power, with accuracy. And your word will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a difference between those who succeed in life and those who don't. Uh, Among many other things, I believe the key is is an attitude. So today I'm going to be concluding my message series on attitude, kingdom attitude, on what I call attitude of victory. All right? Or you can call it a winning attitude. I'm going to be using those two words interchangeably. A winning attitude. Big difference. Attitude has been described, and we've been talking about attitude for a while now. Attitude is a point of view. It's a firmly held point of view that regulates how you live, how you look at things, how you behave. It is firm. That is predetermined. Oftentimes, when we see things, when we act, we bring our attitude to them. It is a firmly believed, a firmly held position. The good thing about it is we can choose our attitude. Attitude can also be described as a position that a person assumed for a specific purpose. It's a state of our heart that we have assumed and, and accepted beforehand. So people with certain attitude, you know, it, it determines how they see things, how they react to things, and how they live their life. Our attitude affects absolutely our behavior. And it's been proven it affects our outcome in life. So you must work on your attitude. I want you to turn to your neighbor. You need to work on your attitude. Philippians chapter 2 says, let this mind be in you. It's it's talking about attitude. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived life with an attitude, certain attitude, an attitude that guided him, an attitude that affected how he saw things, when Jesus saw problems, he saw them differently. When, people, when Jesus looked at life, he looked at life differently. When he looked at himself, he looked at himself differently. He had an attitude, and that's why the Bible says the same attitude must be in us. Hallelujah. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. The mind is simply the attitude of Christ. So today I'm going to be challenging you and speaking to you to develop a winning attitude. 
without a winning attitude, life is going to be difficult because our attitude oftentimes determines our outcome, even our circumstances. It is not always what happened to us in life. It is how we see them. And it is how we see them that affect how we react to them. And it's how we react to them that affect our outcome in life, our eventual outcome in life. Praise the name of Jesus. So attitude is important. So today, I mean, we've been talking about attitude. We've been talking about a lot of things we talk about is our attitude. Faith is an attitude of art. All right? So we've talked about faith. We've talked about love. We've talked about generosity as an attitude. We've talked about last week, we talked about honor as an attitude we determine to live with. All right? And again, I want you to understand that this is an attitude of the heart. Attitude is not always something that comes from outside, all right? It's something that is internal from our hearts. The wonderful thing is we can determine our attitude. A man called Viktor Frankl says man's ultimate freedom is his ability to choose his own attitude. That's your freedom. You have the freedom to choose how you look at life. You have the power to choose your attitude. You have the power to choose how you look at things. And that is the ultimate freedom that you have. So today I'm going to be challenging you. You must put on a winning attitude. Now let's look at winning or victory. You know, oftentimes when we look at winning, we look at winning from accomplishment or winning a contest. But winning really is a state of being. Winning is not always, it's not just about, you know, winning a contest. It's not about having a contest. Oftentimes when we talk about winning or succeeding, we talk, we talk about it in relation with competing. You know, competing with this person. Or sometimes we look at it in, in relation to setting a goal and we accomplish that goal. But winning really is a state of being. All right, it's a state of being. It's a state where, you know, we take a position of a winner in our heart. We see ourselves. And that's why winning is an attitude. That's why we're talking about having an attitude of a winner or an attitude of victory. Praise the name of Jesus. So what is a winning attitude? A winning attitude is is someone or someone with a winning attitude is is that you believe in your success regardless of your position in life. See, you believe in your success regardless of your position in life. You believe you are successful, you are destined for success, and it's internal. And the good thing is you can choose that. You can choose that. You are responsible, and I want you to take this, you are responsible. All right, there's only so much you can blame anybody for your life. All right, at some point in life, many of us know, I know you've gone through things in life, you've gone through difficulties, you've been mistreated, you've been abused, you've been, you know, you've been cheated, you've been robbed, somebody has done something to you, it has affected you. Many of us, we've gone through life with difficulty. But at some point, you must conclude that I I am responsible for my life. Now, 
Yes, somebody will say about God, God is responsible ultimately, but God has given a big portion of that responsibility to you. You know, God told children of Israel, choose you this day who you will serve. All right, just choose it. He said, I have given you life and death, right? You choose. You know, so God hand over a significant portion of that to us, that you have the responsibility to choose how you are going to look at life, how you are going to see him. God gives us that. And the attitude we live life with is very significant. Yes, you might be going through things now, but your attitude must not be determined by what you're going through. So a winning attitude means you believe in your success regardless of your position, regardless of where you are now. You might be down, you might, things, might not, things might look very bleak, things might not look great for you, but someone with a winning attitude still believes in their success, still believes they are destined to make it in life, they are destined to succeed, they are destined to fulfill their purpose, that life is not against them, life is for them. A lot of people walk through life where they believe that things are working against them. You know, they believe that everything around them is conspiring to make them a failure. And many times, people resign to that. I want to challenge you. You have to change that because your attitude determines your circumstance. In fact, your attitude, attitude is like faith. Faith creates, right? That is what faith does. Faith creates. By faith, God created. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, that by faith we know that the world was framed by the word of God. So that the word, the Bible says, the word was framed. The word that we live in, God framed them by his word. By faith, we know that. All right? Now, you might not be able to frame the world you live in, I mean, the world we live in, but you can frame your own world, right? You might not be able to change President Trump, but you can change your own world. You might not be able to change the world, America, cause everyone to love each other, cause everybody to sing Kumbaya, can we all get along? You might not be able to change many things, but you know, you can frame your own world by faith. By your attitude. So attitude is very, very significant to that. Praise the name of Jesus. Someone with a winning attitude will win. There are other people who have a defeatist attitude. They subject their life to their circumstance. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. But as born-again believers, we have every reason to develop a winning, winning attitude. And that's really what I want to talk about today. You know, we have a basis. As born-again believers, you know, we have every reason to see ourselves differently from the way the world sees themselves, from the way people around us see themselves. 
So today I'm going to talk about why you must have a winning attitude or why you can have a winning attitude. Because, you see, the race is not for the strong. Christianity is not for the strong people. And that's what I love about God. He doesn't always reserve everything for the strongest, the strong will, people who have the intellect, people who have everything, you know. No. He reserves things for people who can believe in him, people who can trust, people who can believe what he has said. So today my goal is to really, you know, stir up your heart, to give you a reason to believe that you are destined for success, not for failure, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the odds that are stacked against you. Odds might be stacked against you, regardless of your circumstance. I'm here to challenge you that winning is your portion, that victory is yours in Jesus' name. As a believer, the most important thing you must know is you are born into victory. You are born a winner, not by natural birth, but by your spiritual birth. You know, what makes you a child of God is because you've been born twice. The first birth is a birth into the flesh. It doesn't always work for us. It always works against us. But that's why you went through a second birth. All right? And that's why 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, I believe God wrote it there. God wrote it there. And says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. It's a birthright. Hallelujah. I want you to say, Winnie is my birthright. It's your birthright. You are born. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But... It, that, that, that first phrase is really the most critical phrase. And it doesn't say everyone born of God may overcome. It didn't say may overcome. It didn't say everyone born of God is likely going to overcome. No. Everyone born of God overcome. Because you are born into an overcoming family. Victory enters into your, victory is part of your DNA. If you're born of God, not everyone's strong, not everyone powerful, not everyone brilliant, not everyone that has this, not everyone that has, you know, inheritance, not everyone that has things, that has connection. You know, sometimes we look at life, we just say, you know what, I don't have all these things. I don't have the connection, I don't have the pedigree, you know, I don't have friends, I don't have people in high places, I don't have people that can speak for me, I am so down. Things don't work for me. And that's how we look at life. Oftentimes when we look at life, we look at what we don't have. I remember Jesus walking to, into, into the pool of Bethesda, and he saw the man, and the first thing the man said is, I don't have anyone to take me into the pool. I don't have anyone. That's how we tend to think. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have that. All of us can look at life and look at why success is difficult. It's impossible. Why our dream can't really be achieved. People will say, I have great dreams. 
Only if I have support. Only if I have people that will speak for me. Only if I have people that will give me this, give me that. Only if I was born in a different family. You know, some people say only if I was born in America, but I moved here only a few years ago. You know, so someone would say only if I have this, only if I know this, only if I'm connected. But this changes everything for us as children of God. Everyone born of God. The question is, are you born of God? Have you been born again or you are playing church? Now, if you are playing church, you have every reason to worry. All right? Let's look at what Jesus said in John chapter 3. John chapter 3 verse 5 says, you know, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. That's, that's what qualifies you to be a Christian. You see, you are not a Christian because you show up in church. You are not a Christian because you were born into a Christian family. No, no, no. You are a Christian because you experienced the new birth. So you cannot enter into the kingdom unless they are born of water and of the spirit. So flesh gives back to flesh. We were, we, were, we were all, first of all, born in the flesh. Physically. We're talking about physical birth now. Our mother gave birth to us. That's being born into the flesh. Because what that can produce is flesh. But the spirit... Give birth to spirit, all right? When you become born again, it's a spiritual birth, all right? And he said, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Because, you see, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of overcomers. And the only way you enter into that is by birth. And he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. I love this, by the way, verse 8. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. See, everyone that is born of the Spirit has experienced a supernatural life. It's a supernatural lifestyle. It's a supernatural thing that happens when you become born again. And it's an introduction into a supernatural life. So if you are born again here, you have been born into victory. Forget about what is going on around you. Forget about your physical strength. You see, we tend to evaluate ourselves based on our, the, the strength of our flesh. Yeah, I can speak very well. Yeah, I am good in math. Yes, I am good with words. Oh, I have this, I have that. That's an evaluation of the flesh. But there's another angle that comes into you as a child of God. You were born of the Spirit when you become born again. Most times we are not conscious of that. All right? And that's, I think that's, that's the greatest undoing of our life as believers. We walk more in consciousness of our fleshly birth than our spiritual life. That's, that's a, we are more conscious of that. We are more conscious of the flesh than of the spirit. The more conscious you become of the spirit, you see, the less you are hindered by all these things that we look into. Let's look at the next one. There's faith for victory. I call it faith for victory. Let's look at what he says. For everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. Now he says, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. 
Faith is a necessity for that. He said, it is our faith. Now, this is what he's saying. Now, you've been born of God, but you see, everything in the spirit works by faith. The victory comes by faith. Winning comes by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the fact that you've been born of God. You know, faith is really what you are conscious of. It's it's in your consciousness, what you are conscious of. Faith is, are you conscious? Do you walk in consciousness of your new birth? Do you walk in consciousness of the reality of your new birth? And you can tell by the way someone talks, what what are they conscious of? What is more prominent in their thought? Is it the limitation of their physical nature, of their flesh, or the lack of limitation of their spirit man? Your spirit man is not limited. That's why you must be born again. Your spirit man is not limited. But your experience determines, is determined by your faith. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he says something that really profound. He said, I want to remind you, he said, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, you know. And it, it, then he started to explain to them why he needed to remind them. He said, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you are taking your stand. You took your stand on the gospel. By this gospel, verse 2, you are, you are saved. All right, you are saved. You become born again by the gospel. But he said, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you are believing in vain. You know, that's the experience of many believers. I mean, they don't hold firmly to the reality of their new birth. They are more conscious of their birth in the flesh, the limitation of the flesh. But he said, you see, your salvation will not, you won't experience the benefit of your salvation if you even forget. If you just live your life, you even forget you are born again. And many of us, we leave church on, Sunday, on Monday, we forget you are born again. You still live like ordinary people. I want you to turn to your neighbor, stop living like ordinary men and women. You are not ordinary. Stop praying like ordinary men and women. If you read the Bible, you see that's what Jesus says constantly. Seek first the kingdom of God. You know, he said, the, 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 you know, the, the Gentiles, all they focus what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, but all this, you know, you, you are more than that. I mean, the, your father knows you need all that. So he said, you don't need to live your life and worry. You know, stop living like ordinary men and women, all right? Ordinary men and women, they have reasons to be worried. They have reasons to be worried. But you don't. You don't. But when you, are, when you live your life and worry, you are going to have the faith of ordinary people, all right? And that's, 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 what, that's what life is. That's what... Uh, you know, the, the wise man said, I've seen some error on the surface of the earth. I see 
you know, I see kings, princes, just working as mere men. People who have inheritance. God has really repositioned them, but their life is so ordinary simply because they are more conscious of, my, of their ordinariness. So you have every reason to have a winning attitude. First, you are born in the victory, but you must have faith for victory. And faith for victory is available. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? The more you pump in the word, the more you develop faith. You know, James says, talks about anyone who, who, who reads the word and doesn't do them. He likens them to a man that who looks himself in a, in a mirror. All right? That's, that's James. He said, anyone that, I believe James 1.23, is anyone that, that, that doesn't read the word, that doesn't do the word, is like a man that looks himself in a mirror and he walks away and he forgets what he looks like. Because, you see, when you, in the spirit, when you look at the word of God, you are really not looking at yourself in the flesh. You are looking at yourself in the spirit. When you look into the word, you're looking at the way God sees you. You know, that's what you look. When you, you know, if you don't study the Bible, you won't know this. If you don't study the Bible very well. When you study the Bible, you see yourself the way God sees you. And now, it might challenge you. It might be too, too good to be true. But a lot of us, he says, we walk and we forget what we saw, right? But we still live our life based on the old way. And that must change today in Jesus' name. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, that must change today. Why must you have an attitude of a winner? Because you serve a God that wins all the time. You serve a God that wins all the time. First Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God. He gives us victory. I want all of us to read it together. If you can project that, can you project that? First Corinthians 15, 57. Can we all see? Okay, let's read it together. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, he gives us victory. In fact, let's read the second one, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It's another one there, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Do we have it? All right, let's read it together. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphant possession. And uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him ever. Hallelujah. Somebody caught that. Amen. I have another scripture I want us to read. I believe it's 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. Can we read it together? Let's read this. You, their children, are from God. And you have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one we is in the world. Hallelujah. We, you serve a God that wins all the time. You see, what this means is God wins with anything. You see, God, 
is victorious. He wins every battle. It doesn't matter where he is, what he has. He can use anything to win. All right. God won through the death of his son. The Bible says if the devil knew, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Right? Now, so if the death of Jesus Christ can lead to victory, that is anything. That is your problem, your challenge. That is your issues. Nothing can be worse than the death of Jesus Christ, right? Died, buried, and yet God wins. And if you look at the scripture, scripture proves to us over and over again that when God is involved in something, it wins, regardless, all right? And God proved it. Sometimes he tells the children of Israel, okay, you are fighting. They win. Sometimes he said, you are not fighting. They still won. Sometimes he said, okay, this time we're just going to try praise and worship. They still won. Sometimes he says, you know, uh, this time we're going to do nothing. They still won. Samson, wonderful man with strength. Sometimes he fought with sword. He won. Sometimes he fought with a jawbone of an ass. He still won. Now, winning is not about the, what you have. Winning is about whose side God is. And I'm here to announce to you that God is on your side. Yeah. Hallelujah. God is on your side. If God is on your side, it doesn't matter who is not or who is. doesn't matter. If God is on your side, regardless of where you are, it might be the lowest of the lowest point. All right? You might be at the weakest of the weakest point in your life. All the odds might be against you now. You are still a winner because the winner lives in you. Praise the name of Jesus. You are from God. And you have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So it doesn't matter who is against you. In fact, only people that don't understand God really worry about opposition. You know, worry so much about who is against them. Now, you're not even supposed to so much engage people who are against you. Engaging people who are against you, you stoop to their level. God is greater. The one I deal with is greater. I mean, that's it. The one, that's why you can be cool, you can be calm, you can be collected in the face of opposition. Whether it's at work, whether it's at life, I mean, whether it's family, whether the opposition, even if the opposition is spiritual. Many of us like, the, oh, it's spiritual. God is more, who is more spiritual than God? Now, is witchcraft. Is witchcraft more spiritual than God? No one is more spiritual than God. Now, if you can tell me God is not on your side, then you have a serious reason to be concerned. But if God is on your side, you are being born into this family that I belong to. You have crossed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Then I have a good news for you. You are a winner. Amen. Hallelujah. Does it mean you failed once in a while? Yes. You still win with your failure. That's what it means. 
So that means failure becomes something we see differently. You know, I failed an exam, I lost a job, you know, things didn't work for me, you know, I lost my marriage, you know, I lost this, I lost this. So how can you call me a winner when I've experienced this? No, you are still a winner because you have the winner with you. And you have a winner that can take what you have and still win with it. Did you get what I'm talking about? You can take what you have and still win with it. That is the attitude of a winner. It's an attitude that knows I win no matter what. I want you to say I win no matter what. I mean, that attitude is hard to have. Because everything around us is contrary. Everything. I mean, people, you lose something, people start piling on. I'm sorry, it's sad, oh, yeah. You know, have you noticed that usually when bad things happen to you or negative things happen to you, people tend to tell you the more negative thing that has happened to them before. (laughs) As if that makes you feel better. You know? Oh, you know, they tell, oh, yeah, you know, you know, this is hurting me. Oh, yeah, that's how it happened to me. Ah, it hurt so bad. Mine was even worse. Now, usually they think they are trying to make you feel better. I know. But a lot of times it has a reverse. It lets you accept that as your condition. That's it. You know, it makes you to accept it as your verdict. That's not your verdict. Your failure is not your verdict. Your challenges is not your verdict. The fact that you've had setback, that's not your verdict upon your life. The fact that things haven't worked for you, well, that's not the verdict. The verdict is the greater one lives in you. Hallelujah. So I want to challenge you today. You must live with a winning attitude. A winning attitude is an attitude that believes in the word of God. All right? You believe in the word of God. Don't be someone who reads the word and next, you know, you, tomorrow you're on your way to work and you feel so ordinary. That's how life is. I see that you, we all come to church, we're pumped up, we're excited, we feel like the best thing, the feeling is great, the worship is great. You know what I mean? And you just... Step out by tomorrow morning or even this evening, you feel like a piece of junk. You feel so ordinary. You feel like this is... No, your life is not about how you feel. All right? It's not about... It's not feeling that determines your victory. It's not feeling. It's God that determines your victory. What you ask yourself is, am I still born again? Yes, I am still born again. I'm not born again because I'm in church. I come to church because I'm born again. Hallelujah. You know, some of you came because somebody invited you. Or you are walking away born again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, a winning attitude believes the word. 1 Thessalonians, that will be the last scripture I will read. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.13. I, also, I want us to read it together because I think it's very, very powerful uh, verse. Let's read it together. One, two, go. And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you will believe. You see, the word of God works 
because we believe in it. You see, we don't believe in the word because we've seen it work. No. It works because you believe it. And it works for you because you believe it works for you. You believe it. So when you hear the word, you don't say, oh, maybe this is for some people. Oh, this is not my experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this is not me. This is not for me. Oh, this is too, this is idealistic. Oh, no, this, this is not real. No, 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 no. The word works in people who believe it as the word of God. And Apostle Paul said, you know, when you received the word of God, when you had it from us, you had it from us, you did not accept it as human words. Many of us, we accept the word of God as human words. You know, we casualize it, all right, make it casual. You know, oh, it just came from here, it just came from here, oh, no. You know, he said, no, 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 you did not. The, the good thing about the Thessalonians is they did not accept it as human words, but they accepted this as it actually is, the word of God. And it works in those who believe. The word works for those who believe in it. Do you believe in the word of God? Do you believe in the word? It will work for you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's an attitude of a winner. Right? It's not, you are not feeding it off your environment. You are not feeding it off your family origin. You are not feeding it off your natural skill, your natural, you know, ability. You are not feeding it off your past failures. You are not feeding it off of things that are not working for you, lives that is, you know, things that are not. No, no, no. You are feeding off of what God says about you. God says, I'm a winner. I believe I'm a winner. I walk as a winner. I talk as a winner. I live my life as a winner. Now, I see negative situation. I see them as an instrument in God's hands to win. All right? That's how someone with a winning attitude, that's how they see negative situation. All right? They see it as an instrument in God's hands to produce a great testimony. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Let's bow down our heads. I'd like to pray for you today. But I like to pray for someone who is not born again. You haven't experienced the second birth. You can't really say, you know, I am sure. If you have not, it's easy. It's a simple step of faith uh, with a prayer of agreement. I'd like you to raise up your right hand if you want to experience the new birth. You want to experience being born again. You haven't experienced it. I'll give you a few seconds. Please raise up your right hand. I'd like to pray for you. Anyone, please. Don't let this time pass. If you really want to experience it, you haven't experienced that new birth. You can't really say, I am born again. You've been born the first time, but the second time you are not sure. And you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to experience it. Please raise up your hand. All right, so we are all, all right. Oh, there's one person. God bless you. Thank you. May God bless you and honor you. Uh, Maybe there's one more person. I have one person. Maybe there's one more person. If you're there, please don't. I'd like you to stand up. I'd like to pray for you. i just like, just stand by where you are. God bless you. All right, and place their hands on your, on your right here. And just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because, because of me, you were buried. And on the third day, you rose again. Today, I accept your offering. 
I accept your sacrifice for me. And I confess that you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today, I leave the kingdom of darkness and I come into your kingdom. Today, I become a winner because of the victory that you have given to me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'd like to pray for you, everyone. Can you please rise up? If you can rise up, it will be wonderful. And I want you to place your hands on your chest, just, just your right hand. Right. Father, in Jesus' name, I contend with every force contending against your people. It's a force of lie, lie that causes us to believe we are failures, deception of the enemy that causes us to see our failure more than we see our victory, that causes us to see ourselves in the flesh more than we see ourselves in the spirit, that causes us to forget even what we see in the word of God. That is the greatest battle. I come against every concerted effort of the enemy to cause us not to see ourselves in the light of God's word. I come against them in the name of Jesus. I declare them a failure in the name of Jesus. I pray for people here who have gone through tragedies, serious setbacks in life, in business, in their academics, some of them in their families, and it has defined how they see themselves. And they are not able to see themselves truly the way you see them. Some of them have gone through abuse. All those experiences... Father, in Jesus' name, I bring healing in the mighty name of Jesus. And I put a separation between those past experience and their future experience in the mighty name of Jesus. From today, let there be a shift, a complete shift in how they see life, how they see themselves, how they see their future in the mighty name of Jesus. And I come against every demonic force. The enemy sometimes assigns demonic force to keep us held down, to keep us bound to our tragedy and our failure. Every demonic, every demon assignment, every demon occupying that area of life. Today, I speak against you in the name of Jesus. I command you, loose your hold in the mighty name of Jesus. You no longer have a place. You no longer have a place. From today, we see ourselves for who we are. Victors in Christ Jesus. Winners in Christ Jesus. From today, we see life differently. We see the world differently. We see ourselves differently in the light of how Jesus sees us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen and amen. Let's give God.